Sometimes I feel ill-equipped to talk about growth because I probably stopped when I was about 12. And um, I think, well, <laughs> my body doesn't really get growth. <laughs> it, it just it got it for so long and then it just didn't do it anymore. But I know that there's so much more to just how physically tall we are that we can grow. There's so many areas of our lives that we can grow. We can grow in how we relate to people. We can grow in our relationship with God. We can grow in how we um, just give ourselves into things and put our lives down into things. And that's what I really want to talk to you about this morning is that discipleship is about growth. And if we're being discipled, then we will grow in some way or another dependent upon what is discipling us. And Last year, some of you may remember, there's an image that we showed you. If you can put it up for me, Mark, that would be brilliant, um, that, we, that we used last year. Um, and it was one where it, it, it had some images on it. Of, there it is, of a seed growing. And it talked about the inhale of what you take in. It also talked about the exhale of what comes out of you, but also that Growth and discipleship is affected by the environment around us, which is why we have the pictures of the sun and the rain, because sometimes things around us that we cannot control, things like circumstances, but how we respond can all help us with our growth and discipleship. Key relationships that come in our lives, sometimes for the good, Sometimes ones that aren't so good for us, but how we respond and how we behave in those relationships all help to disciple us and help us to grow. And this is one of the things that we looked at last year and we said, this is something, if you can catch hold of this, if you can get the right things going into your life, like as it says, engaging with God, reading your Bible and teaching, get the right things coming out of your life, like serving in the house, in your home, in your workplace, evangelizing in your lifestyle, then no matter what goes on around you as well, all of these things will help you grow and will help you be discipled and become more like Jesus. And that was what we looked at last year. And I get to the end, in the beginning of this year, but the end of last year, and I think, yes, I have grown. Yes, things have changed in my life. Yes, I have tried to put these things in place in my life more so, or just begun to put them in place. But I look at myself and I think there are so, so many areas of my life where I still want to see change, where I still want to see growth for the better, where I want to get better at being a good mum, where I want to get better at being able to help my friends, where I want to be a better wife, where I want to be a better daughter, where I want to be better at the things that I put my hand to, where I want to be better at trying to invite my friends to come to church, which I find particularly difficult. I want to be better at these things so what what more do I do do I just keep doing more of this yes definitely but I really believe that there are more things and more questions we can ask ourselves this morning that can help us to be discipled in a way that we've perhaps never been discipled before where we can actually assess our lives and growth can come more rapidly and in places where we've never seen growth before and I don't know about you but I don't want to be in a place where I think, oh, well, never mind. I'm all right where I am. Or, well, 
I'm not too bad. I'm, I'm not as bad as I was. I'm much better than I was. Or, I'll, well, I'll just manage how I am. I'll, man, I'll, I'll manage in my relationships. I'll manage in my relationship with God. I'll manage in, in how I relate to my friends and my family. I'll manage when things go wrong. I don't want to be like that. I want growth to come into my life. I want to get better at the things that I do. I want to be a better reflection of Jesus in how I live my life. I want my life. I remember a song, and I don't know who it was by, but it it went like this. Let my life be like a love song to you, Jesus. And that's what I want my life to be. I want my life to be a love song to Jesus, that it's pleasing to his heart, that he looks at me and and smiles, not because I'm perfect, because I never will be, but because I'm trying and I keep investing and I keep believing for change. And, you know, sometimes I think we we can get the wrong end of the stick on things. And I know I certainly do very often, and especially um, the other week, and we went into our local co-op, and I've got quite a few of their bags for life because you can fold them up nice and there's a bit of Velcro so they don't unravel themselves in your bag so you can't find the other things you're looking for in your bag. And we were filling our bags up and I just made a flippant comment to the lady who was the cashier and said, because she said, do you need any bags? And I said, no, I have my bags for life in my bag and I whipped them out. And I said to her, and do you know what? One of my bags, the handle is hatched actually broken on it so it really isn't a bag for life is it at which point Paul and the cashier said to me well it is a bag for life so if you bring it back we will give you a new one and I was like oh you knew you knew that did anyone else know that was what you meant to do with a bag concept of this. Paul knew something that I didn't know. And it wasn't about football. It was about shopping and bags. And you know, sometimes there are things that we just don't know and we just don't realize. And we had no concept or idea of And now I have taken said bag back to the co-op and I have a brand spanking new one. And I'm here to tell you this morning that where your life is broken, where it's fell apart, where you thought, oh, well, never mind, I'll tie it to the bit of Velcro and I can't fasten it back together, but it'll work sort of, where you thought it will do, God wants to give you a brand spanking new life if you are willing and prepared to bring your old life back, surrender it to him and say, here you go, give me a fresh one. And Jesus says, it is for life. I will refresh you. I will restore you. I will renew you. So just keep bringing them back and I'll keep giving you a new one. How amazing is that? Take your bag for life's back when they break as well. It was an enlightenment to me. And I think very often as Christians, we need enlightening again because we forget. We just think, oh, it'll do. Oh, I'll manage. I'll be all right. Don't be all right. Don't manage. Go back to the King of Kings. 
kings and the Lord of lords. Go back to the one who surrendered his life on the cross so that you could be restored. You can be redeemed. You can be healed. You can be set free. You don't have to manage. Go back. I don't know where I am in my notes now. So, yeah, discipleship. (laughs) I know it is, but I'm just lost now, and I don't like that. Come to Jesus, that's it. So, discipleship is a state of being a pupil or an apprentice who learns from a teacher. That's a good thing, isn't it? Now, you know, we can be... Let me ask you this question before I say any more. Who is discipling you? Actually, it says on there, what is discipling you? But either way, who or what is discipling you? If discipleship is a state of being a pupil or an apprentice of a teacher, who or what is discipling you? And as a Christian, I would like to say, well, Jesus is discipling me. I'm a disciple of Jesus. But I bet... There's some other things in there discipling you and me. And it may be affected by those we spend time with. It may be affected by our family. We may be discipled by the gym or by Slimming World because it brings change to our lives. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Discipleship is anything that can bring a change to your life, that can re-educate you and teach you to do something differently. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing or a bad thing. But some of them are good things. Sometimes, though, we substitute that void that says, I need Jesus with other things and allow those things to disciple and change us. We allow those things to cause growth in us, whether for better or for worse. Those things cause growth in us. So when things like fear and guilt and shame disciple our lives and cause growth in our lives, it is not a good thing. And we need to look at ourselves and consider honestly and truthfully what is going on in my heart and what is discipling or who is discipling me? Who am I listening to and is then causing an effect on my behavior and what I do? What am I listening to that is causing an effect on my behavior and what I do? And if it's a good thing that's causing good things to grow and come out of my lives, then great. But if it isn't, and if it's causing unhealthy things to grow in my life, then you've got to consider who and what you are listening to and who and what you are allowing to cause something different to grow in your life, to take you on a journey to become more like it. If somebody who is discipling you or a thing that is discipling you 
causes you to become more like them. If fear is discipling you, then you are just going to grow and grow and grow in fear. If guilt is discipling you, then you are just going to grow and grow and grow and become more guilty and spread it about. If love is discipling you, then you are going to grow more and more and more and more in love and it is going to flow out of you. So you've got to consider what is coming out of me and what is growing bigger in me. The things that I like and the things that we don't always like to look at, but the things that I don't like as well. The things that we try and cover up when we wear a black clothes because we don't want people to see those bits of growth that are going on around our midriff that we try and cover up with, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that, I don't know where it came from, or that we try and cover up with just hushing things over because we don't want people to see the things that are growing in our lives that we'd rather pretend aren't there. But can I encourage you, at the beginning of the year, look at yourself and consider what or who is discipling me. Maybe it's a relationship in your life that's not healthy and good for you. Maybe it's something that is doing you the world of good. If it is, keep at it. If it isn't, you've got to look to break that discipleship relationship that you have with that person or that thing. Ed Steitzer said this. We've got the quote. Discipleship is a group sport best done in a community. It's true, isn't it? It's so much easier when you're with other people of like mind and heart to keep going, to keep believing, to keep reading your Bible, to keep doing all those things. So what I want you to consider so you can figure out what is actually going on in my life and what am I listening to, consider who you spend your time with. My nan always used to say, birds of a feather flock together. She had all these little sayings. And the older I've got, the more I realized they're actually true. People who are like each other spend time with each other because it's just easy to. Have a look at who you spend your time with and consider what they are like to have a look. Not so you can start telling them what to do, but that you can then consider, well, what am I like actually? If I spend time with them and I see that in them, am I like that as well? Do I need to work on that in me? Have a look at the community that you spend your time with because that community is probably discipling you in some way, shape or form. And I really believe that if you can get to grips with that and choose to purposely put yourself in a community that will do you good, that will bring health into you, like think people who go to Slimming World and Weight Watchers, so not to be biased one way or the other, whichever one is your particular version of getting slim but it works they spend time together out of guilt for standing on the scales in front of people they lose weight but it works I think we should do one on a Sunday morning here we'd all be like stick thin wouldn't we no I shan't because then I'd have to stand on it but it's all about doing it together working hard together People who go to the gym or do, do group sports, they do it together and they work together on it. So can I encourage you, if you want Jesus to be the chief person who disciples you, spend time in a community with other Christians. That means 
not just a Sunday morning. That means small groups. Go along to a small group. Spend time with those people. When they do your in and when they do you good as well, that is part of being discipled because it's when people rub you the wrong way that you actually think, oh, actually, I need to bring some change in my life. It's those people that often do you good and help you out, actually, because they make the real you come out, whether you want it to or not, so you can then address it and bring change to your life. Small groups are a great thing and a great way of doing that. You can sign up at the Connect Point or come and speak to Faith this morning. Get involved in one of the ministries. Spend time with people. Volunteer at something with people that you are like-minded about. If you've got a passion or a heart for something, get involved with something that works for that and spend time with people who are of a like mind and encourage and disciple one another within that. I think unless we ask ourselves, what is discipling me? then we will never actually get to a place where we consider what we will allow to disciple us. Because once we realise what is discipling us, we can say, well, I don't want that to, or I do want that to. And once we've made those decisions, then we can then begin and go on a journey of change and growth. And that's where I want to be. And I think so often we get caught up in the first hurdle of not actually really understanding what is coming into our life and discipling us. And therefore, when we say, oh, I'm going to grow and I'm going to do this for God and I'm going to do that for God. And then we get to the end of the year and we think, why didn't I do any of that stuff? Well, it's because there are other voices, other things coming in and causing growth in your life that is then not giving space for growth with what God wants to do in you so if you feel like you never get past that first hurdle this morning that's your question and from there I hope that the rest of what I say will then be a stepping stone to help you move forward a stepping stone to help you see growth in your life this year so if we want Jesus to be the person who disciples us. As a Christian, that's what I want. You may not be at a place where you think, oh, I'm not, I don't really know. Well, this morning, I want to tell you as a Christian, what I want more than anything is Jesus to speak into my life, show me what he wants to change, show me the good stuff, show me the bad stuff, show me how I can grow. And if I allow him to do that, then I believe change will come and I can help other people on that journey. But how do I find that place of discipleship? What do I do now at this point when I've made the decision, yes, this is what I want. How do I find that? How do I find God so that he can disciple me? And the only conclusion that I've come to is we've got to go back to the beginning. We've got to go back to the inhale and the exhale and the environment that happened in the very beginning. Because if we go back to the very beginning then at that place we can find God and his true intention. And I believe from there we can find growth and relationship with him. So I'm going to focus the rest of what I say this morning on Genesis. And Genesis tells of the creation story when God very first created. And Eugene Peterson, the, the gentleman who wrote the message version of the Bible, he comments upon Genesis and this is what he says. First, God. God is the subject of life. 
God is foundational for living. If we don't have a sense of the primary of God, we will never get it right, get life right, get our own lives right. Not God in the margins, not God as an option, not God on the weekends, God at the center and circumference, God first and last, God, God, God. And when I read it, I thought there is nothing truer. If we can put God back to the beginning and the end of ourselves, then surely there is a place that we can find something truly amazing that we have never known before. So let us go back in the beginning. And I just want to read first from John 1, which talks about in the beginning, if we could have the scripture up. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was the light of men, and the life that was in the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was Jesus so let's read in Genesis what it says. Genesis 1, 26 to 28. It says, then God said, let us, is that the right one? Have we got Genesis 1, 1 to 2? Brilliant. The earth, it says, the earth was without form and void and the darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. So we see that in the beginning there's God there's Jesus and there's the Holy Spirit. The whole three of the Trinity are there in the creation, making and creating. Then let's read what it says in Genesis 1, 26 to 28. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Then God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion, have we just read that bit? Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we see in the beginning, there's God, there's Jesus, there's the Holy Spirit. We see that they create and they make. And then on the sixth day, they then consult over making man. So from day one to day six, God said, let there be, and there was. But on day six, God said, and he consulted with himself, let's make man in our image. He didn't just say, let there be, but he actually talked about it. He considered what he was doing. There was something different. There wasn't just the authoritative command. Let there be light. Let there be land. Let there be animals. Let there be birds. But there was a relational dynamic that happened when God created man that went something like this. Well, Jesus, Holy Spirit, let's make man in our image. That'd be quite cool. And Jesus and the Holy Spirit... Yeah, let's do that. That'd be good. It doesn't actually say that in the Bible, but you can get what I'm trying to say. There was something different that happened when God created man. 
There was a relationship dynamic. There was the fact that he created man in his image. Something different happened. And it all stems on that something different that then allows us to relate and be discipled by him. Because we're discipled because of the relationship that we have and the relationship that was lost. Let's read Genesis 3, 9 to 10. It says, Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Now, many of you will know the story in Genesis where Adam and Eve eat of the fruit that they shouldn't have eaten of and then they realize the difference between good and evil. They realize that they're naked and they hide from God when he comes to walk with them. And it goes to a place where instead of the daily walking, instead of the Genesis the day one, the day two, the day three, where God is there, where God is in the everyday, where God is speaking into the everyday, where God is creating in the everyday, to man finding this place where he actually hides himself from God. So God is no longer in close proximity to man. God is no longer in man's every day. God is no longer in man's every moment where he's creating and doing. God is no longer in those things. And I believe that we've got to get back to a place where we allow God back into the every day. Where we allow God back into our every day of how we live our lives, into our every aspect, into the everything that we create and that we become, that we allow God back into the everything that we are. God was in the everything. God was in the every day as he created in Genesis. He was with Adam and he walked with him daily. And when he came back to walk with Adam and Adam had hid from him, we come to the problem that we find with discipleship. That God has no longer been allowed into our everyday. God has no longer been allowed into the everything that we do. God has no longer been allowed to create in the everything that we are and that he calls and sees us to be. And fortunately for us, God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross so that God could come back into our everyday, so that the Holy Spirit could come back into your life, could walk with you daily, could be with you and never leave you. Yet unfortunately, we hide ourselves again from God. We hide ourselves. We invite God into our lives. And yet there are certain aspects of us that we hide from God, that we move away from him and think, I'll have you in my life, God, but just not in that little bit. Just don't touch that little bit, God. I want you in my everyday, but not that day when I go and do that. I'd like you in my everything, but not in that aspect where I don't really want you to touch that because it's too painful what happened in my past. But God is calling us again, like we saw in Genesis, in the beginning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit want to be in the creation of you, in the creation of your life, in the creation of who he's calling you to be and the future that he has for you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit want to be there. They want to consult over you. They want to create and they want to develop relationship with you. And if we can really grasp and understand that, then we can go on a discipleship journey that we have never gone on before because God again will come into our everyday. God will come into our everyday 
everything and God will be allowed to be the creator of everything we are and everything that we do. And if that happens, then that is a true journey of discipleship. And I believe we need to find him again. And I'm, I, I sat and I worked through this preach and I'm like, but how? I get all this, God. I get what you're saying. Go back to the beginning. Bring you back into the everyday, just like you were in the beginning. But how do I do it? What do I do? And Tim spoke last week on John the Baptist. And for me, this is one of John the Baptist's key moments in John 3.30 when he talked about Jesus. And he said, he must increase, but I must decrease. And I know that John was talking about public ministry and he was talking about the fact that everything that John had done needed to now decrease so that Jesus' ministry could increase and that people would see and recognize him as the son of God. But I believe that this is a principle that we can apply to our lives even so today. That who I am and what I want and the fact that I want to eat the apple from the tree and I want to do my own thing and I want to hide from God sometimes because I don't really want to talk to him about that aspect of my life at all. But I will talk to you about this aspect, but not that aspect. I would like to hide at that point. But in all of those things, therefore, if I decrease and allow more of him into my life, then it will bring change. If I decrease and allow him in, allow him to grow in me, then it will cause ultimately me to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. The only way that I can grow in discipleship is to allow more of him in me, to allow more of who he is in me and to become more like him. Now, I can't do that. I cannot do that on my own effort because it just won't work. I will burn myself out and wear myself out trying. But if I surrender all of who I am and say, God, I can't do this. God, I need more of you. Then he will allow his spirit to work in me that will cause him to grow bigger in me that will then help and change me. David Platt said this, says the cost of discipleship is high, but the cost of non-discipleship is even higher. The cost of discipleship is high. It takes your everything. It takes the surrender of your all. But if we allow that to happen, then we will go from glory to glory. We will be blessed beyond measure. But if we don't allow that to happen, we will battle and we will strive and we will struggle our way through life. And what we've got to consider is, am I willing to grow? If I am, am I willing to let God grow in me rather than me grow in me? Where it becomes all about him and all about what he can do for me. So how do we get to that place then? I believe this is what we need to do next. That we've got to get to go. And I've put going from nothingness to somethingness. I think we find ourselves at times where there's aspects of our lives that are going great and doing really well. But then there can be aspects of our lives where there is a nothingness there. Where God isn't allowed there. 
where maybe we, the whole of us feel like that, that I'm just, there's just not a lot going on really with me. And I believe God wants to take us on a journey this morning where we go from a place of nothingness to where somethingness, where we're full of Godness, can actually bring transformation and change to our lives. And I believe environment has a big impact on this. We talked about this at the beginning, that it's about the inhale and the exhale, but environment also affects and change what goes on around us. And dependent upon our environment, it can change the dynamics of where we live our lives and the landscape of our lives as well. And as many of you know, over the last couple of years, I feel like I've lived in hospitals through Gracie's surgery, through my grandpa's illness, through my mum's illness. We've spent a lot of time at the hospital. And you can either allow these things to affect you or you can take a moment where you are, whether it's good or bad, and allow God to come and pour refreshing and change into your life. And that's what I want to speak to you about this morning. Everything else is just groundwork for this. That if we will allow, again, God to come and bring refreshing in our lives, then he will increase in us and we will decrease. I believe that discipleship is a process where we go from a place of nothingness or surrender of our somethingness, where we allow God to design and work his will through our lives Let the Holy Spirit work in you and bring change which will help you grow into all that he is calling you to be and all that you are believing for. And I just want to use this as an example. The Atacama Desert, if we can have the first image on, Mark, that would be great. This is the Atacama Desert. It's in South America. Um, It covers over 105,000 square metres. That's a lot of desert, isn't it? And... This place looks generally like this for the majority of the year. And every seven years or so, El Nino, which is a weather front, will come in and it will bring a rainfall onto this desert that will produce something quite amazing. Let's look at the other photo. That is the same place. The Atacama Desert, when the weather front comes in, actually comes into bloom in a way that is absolutely stunning and magnificent. And actually, last year, let me read to you what it says. It said they had such a heavy rainfall from in two decades in the spring of 2016. It says the desert is usually one of the driest places on earth and the flowers normally bloom every five to seven years But it has been, this last year, one of the most spectacular just because of one heavy downpour that they hadn't expected. It wasn't due to to come into bloom this last year, but because of this one heavy downpour that came, this happened. And what I'm trying to say to you through all of my ramblings this morning, through all that I'm trying to dig in with you, is that if there can come into your life a heavy downpour from God where he comes again like in the beginning and he is in the everything. He creates again. He pours in again. If that can happen in your life, whether it's seasonal or not, whether it's meant to or not, whether it's at the point where it should or not, if that can happen, then your life can suddenly flourish and bloom 
and be amazing. And I really believe that this morning, God wants to say to all of us, if you'll allow me back in again to pour into your life, to flood into you, if you'll allow me back into the equation where your two add two is always equaling four, I can give you such an abundance with everything more that I have. If we will allow God in to create and mould, it will be outside of the dynamics of what we believe it should be. If we will allow God in to shape our lives, if we surrender our will and our pride to him, allow him to increase while we decrease, then our desert places, our expectations for the year, what everybody says, oh, this is what this year is going to be like. What everybody said, well, last year was the worst year ever. Let's get it behind us. But actually, God was plowing in for growth in you. God was plowing in for greatness in you. God was believing that then when he poured into you, that actually you would come into bloom in a way like never before, like you never expected. So people around you would be shocked and amazed and in awe. I want to read to you from Isaiah 43. And this is God speaking. It says, For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me, the jackals and the owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself and they will someday honour me before the whole world. That desert last year made a statement because of one weather front that came in. God is calling you on the back of everything from last year to continue your journey of discipleship and allow him to come and refresh you and renew you and restore you and reawaken within you something that you never thought would come out again. And he is calling you to come into bloom this year so that in doing so, the whole world would see and would bring praise to God. I believe that if we continue on that discipleship journey, if we ask those questions of what and who is discipling me, if we work through and understand what God's wanted in the beginning, he wants to be in your everything and in your every move, that we can go then from a place of nothingness to somethingness, that brings glory and honour to God and brings change to other people's lives. Shall we stand and let's pray together. Father God, I thank you that your heart is for relationship with us. Father God, I thank you that you desire to go deeper with us that you desire to go back to that place at the beginning where you're in our every day. You're in our everything. You're creating in every moment of what we do. 
And God, as I pray that as we go on that journey with you this year, that there would come a refreshing like we've never known before, that we would come into bloom and grow like we never expected, and that the world would be in awe of the beautiful thing that you do in our lives. God, and I just pray that you would do that in me. I just want to encourage you this morning, if that resonates with you, just raise your hand. Say, God, do it in me. Bring refreshing in me. Bring renewal in me. Bring revival in me, God. Holy Spirit, I pray this morning you would come and flood our lives. You would come and bring refreshing. You would restore the years that the locusts have eaten and bring something new and fresh in our relationship with you. God, and I pray that flowers would bloom all over this year within our lives. God, I pray that it wouldn't just be something that we say, yeah, I want to do that, but actually, God... We would decrease and you would increase. And as you increase in us, Father God, that we would grow in a way like we never expected, that we would shock and amaze those around us because you are growing within us. So God, I pray this morning for refreshing, for renewing, Holy Spirit, that you would touch lives and that this year we would continue our journey of discipleship we will continue to allow you in. We will continue to grow. Thank you, God. Amen.